What's doing, everybody? Today is Tuesday, August 22nd. President Joe Biden has finally taken a few minutes away from his vacation to visit Maui two weeks after the fires raged and the cover-up continues. Independent journalist Nick Sorter is live in Maui. He's going to join me on the podcast today to give us an update. Also, we are going to talk about the disaster that has become New York City. And now it is illegal for schools to remove pornographic material from the classroom. Plus, New York City Mayor Eric Adams is now charging taxpayers $20 million a month to house migrants on Randall's Island. I'm Alec Lace. This is The Alec Lace Show. What's doing, everybody? I'm Alec Lace, and for the last five years, I've hosted an award-winning podcast called First Class Fatherhood. For the most part, I've done my best to keep politics out of the conversation, but I cannot do that anymore. That is why I've decided to launch a new show, The Alec Lay Show. So hit the follow button and let's preserve, protect, and fight for the American family together. The future is family. Welcome, everybody, to The Alec Lay Show. I'm happy and honored, as always, to be here with you guys. Thanks for joining the broadcast. If you could, get down there, hit the share button, and get as many of your friends in here, your followers, into the broadcast. The last episode of The Alec Lay Show was the most watched ever. I feel like I keep saying that every week. But my interview with Dr. Ben Carson, uh, 96,000 of you watched the live broadcast. I can't say thank you enough. Let's keep the momentum going here. And we are going to focus first on the, the biggest crisis of the year, which is the fires that burned through Maui. And President Joe Biden has finally made his brief appearance down there. His photo op- opportunity arose, and he took it two weeks after the fires have burned out. I think President Donald Trump spent more time in Iowa than President Joe Biden. Biden has spent in Maui. And of course, uh, he's there to throw a few crumbs at the people who suffered just so greatly and tragically uh, with the fires that burned down there. And we still are not getting all the information, but thank God we have independent journalists like Nick Sorter, who is there on the ground doing his best to get the truth, which is what we are after here. So I'm going to bring Nick on in just a moment here. And then I want want to talk about New York because New York City is really just turning into a complete disaster, especially in the school system here where they are beating you over the head with this transgender ideology. And now it is illegal with this new guidance that they passed this month to even remove this pornographic material from the school. So I'm going to break all that down. Plus, as I said, Mayor Adams is now going to charge taxpayers $20 million a month to house illegal immigrants on Randall's Island. Uh, Curtis Sliwa, the founder of the Guardian Angels, he's been arrested again multiple times times for trying to block the migrants from invading Staten Island. And I'll talk about the Navy SEAL swim, which I did with the Navy SEALs across the Hudson River on Saturday. All right, so we're going to get to all that. But first, let's get to Nick Sorter, who is live on the ground in Maui. Let's bring him in. Uh, Joining me now, Nick Sorter, live from Maui. Thank you for joining me here. Welcome to the Alec Lay Show. Thank you for having me, Alec. All right, well, let's jump right into this. A huge development here. Joe Biden finally took a moment out of his busy vacation schedule to visit Maui here, you know, two weeks past the date of the fire. Uh, we, you know, we've we seen, I, I see one video on Twitter of uh, the people of Maui giving him the old Bronx cheer as he came through. What is the sentiment there? What was the response from the people of Maui as Biden came to the land today? So what I'll tell you is here, either they were against it, seemingly. I mean, there were a lot of people that were vocally against Biden coming over here just because they they don't think that he's been doing anything at all for them up until this point. They believe he came here as a photo op. Now, if he were to come with open arms and 
you know, and, and was promising to making actual promises, not just empty promises or saying that we're, we're going to be there for you. Bring something to the table. And I have I've spoken with multiple people here, locals, people that lost things here. One of them even lost a child that <laughs> mentioned that you have the, the government saying, OK, well, yeah, we'll give you seven hundred dollars. What does seven hundred dollars do for anybody in this economy? I mean, you got to look I mean, with Bidenomics, especially that seven hundred dollars isn't worth very much. So when you see them giving twenty three billion dollars to Ukraine and only seven hundred dollars per uh, affected resident of Lahaina, it it really bothers me and it bothers a lot of people here as well. And they keep changing the definition of uh, who is uh, eligible as well. So that's that's just how they do things with the, the Biden administration. Yeah, they, they love to change the definition of just about everything over there. And, and I know one of the things, too, what an insult it was when Biden was speaking to the people there uh, of Maui. He, and I'm going to play the clip right now for the people. He's talking about how he almost lost his Corvette in a fire here. Let me play the clip. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday, and lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond, and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, <laughs> and my cat. But all kidding aside, I watched the firefighters, the way they responded. You know, there's no expression. I grew up right across the street from a fire hall in Claymont, Delaware. All right, so here's Biden. Now, this would be like, a, I would think, a, a equivalent to somebody in Katrina saying, oh, yeah, I had a flood in my basement one time. And, it, you know, so this fire that he's talking about was a small fire in his kitchen that was contained in 20 minutes. His Corvette and the and the classified documents that he had hidden in there were never in danger during that fire. So what were any kind of reaction? From, I mean, I'm surprised people weren't throwing things at him when he started talking about that. What was the response there from that? Well, the problem is there wasn't much of a response because there was nobody there to actually hear it. They wouldn't let any media in that weren't pre-approved in the beginning. They had people from Los Angeles, like KTLA, you know, a major news network out there in L.A. Then they weren't even on the list. There were very, very few networks that were allowed in there. And, of course, they couldn't ask him any questions. So there was no way to do that. And they, and they sure as hell weren't going to allow distraught and displaced residents to come in there and question Joe Biden. They were not going to open him up to that so they, they wouldn't have been able to scoff at him even if they tried they saw th this same stuff you know these this story or whatever that he told the same way that you and i did they probably saw it online somewhere and they, they sure as hell didn't hear it in person now did you and, try to get in did you try to get in there and get a question were you shut down what, what was your what, what was your angle on it i was detained by secret service because they didn't like the way that i spoke to the mayor the other day here uh, and they said that uh, that they were watching me because I would end up, quote, embarrassing the president of the United States, which is on recording. So that's going to be a really interesting one. I'm kind of shocked that they even said that to me, but they did. Uh, so there is such a they have such a tight lid on any sort of information. You come in here. You're somebody like me that comes in here fer ferociously 
pursuing details, trying to get peace and justice for the people here in Maui. Uh, they don't take too kindly to that. These elected officials, they do not take too kindly to it. And we're seeing it. It seems what what seems to be a massive cover up here. I mean, we're talking about the you know the, the siren that didn't go off, water that wasn't released, uh, roads that were blocked, and it just seems like this was a complete negligence on the officials there in Hawaii that totally mis- mishandled this. And and the problem I think too, Nick, is that you have a lot of people you know photoshopping pictures of laser beams coming in, and so mm-hmm. when you actually try to get to the bottom of what's really being covered up, you're getting lumped in with the laser beam people, and you can't get to the bottom of what the hell is being covered up here i know people are resigning yep. and it just seems like you know there there has been a colossal failure at all aspects of the government there in hawaii yeah now the way that i've been putting it alec is that this is the most catastrophic failure of government i have ever seen every single part of it uh, failed there are all the fail stops and everything i mean nothing nothing worked uh it was gross incompetence or, or, you know, criminal negligence. I, I mean, it's somewhere in between that. No, I don't think that the place was, was shot with a space laser. I mean, that's just, that's just, that's, that's, that's my opinion. I don't have any evidence to, to believe that that actually happened. Um, but, you know, I never rule anything out, though. I'm just, I'm just saying, seeing weirder things. Uh, but what, what it does look like happened was that the, there was a, a power line failure, right? Like power lines were snapped from winds. Uh, however, this is not a an unusual thing here. These seventy mile an hour winds, because you know we're right we're in the middle of Pacific Ocean. Okay, this population center is the furthest away out of any population center in the world from other civilizations. So we are out in the middle of the ocean. The ocean ocean is treacherous. You get a lot of storms. Therefore, the wind is not unusual. They see that all the time. They see wildfires all the time. Okay, but they typically are better at handling them than this what happened what it looks like happened anyway and what a lot a lot of locals believe is that those when those power lines snapped and they fell down the power company never shut them off they left them live for 10 hours until the fire had you know eviscerated the entire town so for 10 hours those live wires were laying across the grass never shut off even though most of the town didn't even have power at that point. Wow. And so the, the thought is that these lines ended up sparking a, uh, a massive fire because they just refused to, to turn them off. Well, I know that the climate change junkies are all foaming at the mouth over this, waiting to pin it on that. But uh, it seems like the, the, the mainstream media seems like they really have no interest in the story. It's like you, you look at the humanitarian crisis that's happening there and all the, the human interest stories you could pull out of what happened there. And it seems like the, the media has no interest, the mainstream media, at least. And I know you said you, you spoke to, to one person that had lost a child. Is, is there any word uh, on the uh, on the body count? Because it keeps seems to be changing. They keep saying people are missing. Any update on the body count? No, they won't update the body count. They, it's been the same. It's been 114 for several days now. Uh, and, you know, people that I've spoken with that are working at, you know, I have whistleblowers that are in my DMs and I've been able to meet with them and stuff. I one of them that actually works in one of the morgues uh, around there. There's a temporary morgue and then there is the, the actual permanent morgue at the hospital. Uh, and they said it's going to be at least 500 based on what they have so far. And the permanent morgue is full, which is why they had to set up a temporary one. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot more than 114 dead. Uh, that number is just going it, to it should keep rising. I don't they are finding bodies every day, but they're not adding them to the death count. And I can't uh, I can't figure that one out yet.
Have you had to talk? I mean, what a difficult thing to do to talk to parents that have just lost a child or have a child that hasn't been accounted for yet. Have you talked to any of the other parents? I mean, I would imagine there's got to be so much suffering going on over there. Yeah, well, see, the the issue that a lot of these parents are having is they might have kids that are missing. Right. But they don't they're not being confirmed as dead, because if they're confirmed as dead, even if they were to find the cadaver, and they were identi- they were able to identify the cadaver, they're not confirming it to the parents because the last thing that they want is for that to come out and, and say, right now, officially, the uh, child death count is zero. Officially. Because really? they haven't said what the ages of most of these, these people are. Now, there are parents that have come out and said, okay, yes, you know, our, our, our child was deceased, but the government is not releasing any of that information. They're not saying that children are dead. They're not acknowledging any of that. So, man, yeah, it's just like I smell a rat. Like it just, it just whole thing does not seem well uh, being, you know, conveyed to the public at all in a proper way. And I know I seen you on the the war room with Steve Bannon. You had that creep come up on you. Any any more incidents like that happened to you? I know you said you had some people stalking you. They didn't like what you were doing there. How did that resolve? Did you ever get to the bottom of who that guy was? I've not gotten to the bottom of who that guy was. Uh, I did have to put in a lot or take a, a lot more steps. And it, it took like, you know, it was like a 36 hour process in order to be able to, you know, get myself into a new hotel. I had to hire security. I had to, I had to get a new rental vehicle, uh, all because of the, the fact that this guy appeared at my hotel at 5:45 in the morning while I was doing a live, just like this, like me standing here right now. Only difference is this was at 5:45 in the morning, you know, nobody around. There's no, I, I mean, it was it was shocking to me. I didn't even know how to respond to it. I'm 45 minutes away from Lahaina. I'm, I'm not close to the town. So this person had to track me down all the way to the back lot of the of the hotel that I was staying at before. And no, I've I've not um, not been able to figure out who it is. And I still continue to get death threats. But when I have security around, it's it feels a little bit better. I'm I'm not worried about it right now. So. <laughs> well, well, God bless you for what you're doing, man. Thank God there's people like you on the ground there trying to really get to the truth of what it is. And that's all people want is the truth at the end of the day here. Uh, so, uh, again, thank you for what you're doing. And what what is your plans there now going forward here? How long do you plan on staying there? Uh, what's next for you? What's on the agenda here? Yeah, so, Alec, I am taking this literally day by day. I am... Um, I extend my hotel one room at a time or one day at a time uh, because it really depends on, on what is, uh, what's, what's going on on the ground. Now, what I kind of concluded today is that I'm going to end up being here for a long time because it seems to be getting worse. It's getting worse and worse and worse. The lies, there's more and more lies. The, the way that the government is attacking people like me at this point because of what they're hiding. As soon as the media attention goes away, the story, the, the story's gone. These people are screwed. The government's going to leave and they're just going to they're going to kick these people to the curb and tell them to go screw themselves. I mean, that's that's how government works. I've been to too many of these disasters. Yeah, it's so sad. Well, I, I got your Twitter handle down in the description down below. Where else can the people go to keep updated with what you're uncovering out there? That's uh, the best place to go is to my uh, my Twitter. It's at Nick's order um, or uh, Instagram, if you want to argue with a bunch of trolls in the comment sections, that's a good one to do it on. So, All right. Well, I'm going to let you be. I know night's falling upon you over there. I really appreciate you. Stay safe over there. God bless you for what you're doing. Nick Sorter, thanks for giving me a few minutes of your time on the Alec Lay Show.
Thank you, Alex. Appreciate it. All right. Really grateful to Nick for giving me a few minutes of his time there. I, I know he is in pretty a, a dangerous situation over there as who knows what is going to happen next. I know that there is so much shadiness surrounding the government that is involved down there in Maui. And I cannot imagine for the life of me that Hawaiians are going to vote blue no matter who in 2024. I think they'll be voting red instead. Uh, Biden has turned his back on them. And it's no surprise because America is last when it comes to Joe Biden. And he mocks the America first policy of former President Donald Trump while he just totally sticks it to the people of Maui while he is just padding the pockets of Zelensky and the Ukrainians. And it is so disgusting to watch this continue to happen. Uh, so, I, again, I'm grateful to Nick for, for giving us an update there. Again, he's, he's right there where all the action is. They're, they're doing their best to keep the information away from the people. And there is a just a big debacle of government going on down there in Hawaii. So follow Nick on Twitter and stay up to date with the latest and greatest of what is going on. Whatever information they can actually pull out of Hawaii, you're going to get it from guys like Nick before you'll ever get it from the mainstream media. So give him a follow. And again, so now we're talking to 2024. Uh, tomorrow is going to be the GOP debates. And of course, you know, Donald Trump will not be there. So it's going to be the battle of, uh, you know, second place is what it seems like. And it's going to be really the top two guys are Governor Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy, who a lot of people slept on early when he announced his campaign for president. I did an interview with Vivek on First Class Fatherhood, which I'm actually re-releasing tomorrow just in honor of the, uh, the debates. Vivek was a guy, I went down to CPAC to do some interviews down there in February, I guess it was. Vivek wasn't even 1% of the vote. He didn't even get 1%. He wasn't even on the, on the board when they, when they did the straw poll. Now, he's ahead of Ron DeSantis in multiple polls. So he has gained strength like crazy. He's a very likable guy. He connects very well with the millennials. He's well-spoken. He's well-versed. He, he, he seems to have an answer prepared for just about any question. He, he's able to take the difficult questions answer them in a way where he's not insulting you and he's a very very good speaker i think he's well polished and i think it's the beginning of a very good political career for him uh he he flew me out to his place in columbus ohio his base over there his headquarters uh, did an interview with me for his podcast uh, i found them to be very likable uh, you know uh, so we'll see what happens but uh the debates are going to be interesting Obviously, Donald Trump is not going to be there, which is going to, I think he's releasing a, a taped pre-recorded interview with Tucker Carlson, which will no doubt blow the ratings away uh, from Fox because everyone is going to want to tune into that. But it is interesting to see what happens amongst these other candidates. I, I think that um, I think Vivek will probably uh, surprise a lot of people who aren't familiar with him in the debates uh, tomorrow. That's my, my, my takeaway. I think a lot of people are going to come away from the debates and say, wow, this Vivek Ramaswamy guy was, was pretty impressive. I, I don't think too many people uh, are as familiar with him as they're going to be after the debates tomorrow. And I kind of wanted to focus on the disaster that is New York City just because this past weekend, and I've been talking about it on the show for quite a few weeks leading up to this, Saturday, I jumped into the Hudson River with a whole bunch of Navy SEALs, first responders, other military combat veterans, just the all-stars of America that were swimming across the Hudson River on Saturday. And I was honored to be a part of that, to get in there, get wet, and swim across the river. We did uh, 300 push-ups, 66 pull-ups as we swam to the barge. And I'll tell you, 
It was so amazing to swim and look up after each stroke and see the Statue of Liberty right there next to you. Uh, It was the honor of a lifetime that be surrounded by so many heroes, so many all-stars that don't get uh, nowhere near the credit that they deserve. And it was just, it was so great to be around people that love this country. It really was. It was a great, if you caught it on Fox and Friends or on Newsmax, they covered the event. Uh, Fox News' Pete Hegseth and Will Kane, two guys that I, that I know I've interviewed on the show. I've been on their programs. Uh, they swam. They covered it really, really well. And it was just everybody, we, we did a run from Liberty State Park and we all carried the, the American flag. It was a beautiful, beautiful patriotic event. And if you missed it, you know, j- just Google it and you can follow me on social media at Alec Lace over on Instagram. I post some pictures up of the event over there. And again, thank you so much to all you guys who supported my campaign to raise money for the Navy SEAL Foundation. And again, I'm just so sick and tired of patriotism being looked down upon in this country. And it felt so great just to be surrounded by men who truly and women who truly love this country. I'm so sick and tired of what is going on in this country, as I know so many of you are out there. And so swimming into New York City, this beautiful event that took place, uh, we went to the 9-11 Memorial, the reflection pool, and unfortunately on this great day between New Jersey and New York, the New York City mayor was nowhere to be found. You would think the guy could have showed up to this event, which I think is the most patriotic New York City event all year long, and my friend and former Navy SEAL Bill Brown is the one who created this event, started it. It's, it's the fifth year that they did it. It's getting bigger and better every year, but the mayor doesn't have the gall to show up to this event. He was uh, aware of the event. He sent uh, somebody down there from the mayor's office with a proclamation. So he was on his radar. He just chose not to show up. And shame on him for that because I, I think he, now more than ever we need to get rally behind. This event was had nothing to do with anything about supporting the ones that, def- that laid it all on the line for us and our freedom, our first responders, our military veterans. And it's something we can all support no matter what side of the aisle you're on. But let's face it right now. If you're running down New York City with an American flag, there's a good chance you're not a Democrat. Because that just seems to be the symbol now of the conservative, the symbol of the Trump movement, the symbol of the Republicans is the American flag now. That's the way politics has gotten in this country. And it's so disheartening to see it. But I wanted to focus on New York because it is such a disaster. Now, Attorney General of New York, Letitia James, and the New York City, New York Commissioner of Education, Betty Rosa, they released a guidance earlier this month that's warning schools that it is illegal to ban inappropriate material from the classroom. Now, I'm going to put the guidance up here on the board and read a little bit of it for you. All right, I got a few of the points highlighted here. This is from the guidance that went out to the parents. Using pretext of inappropriateness or lewdness to systematically remove diverse perspectives from the classroom prohibiting discussions related to lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, non-binary, and gender-expansive people or diverse family structures and identities using a pretext of inappropriateness or obscenity. Wow, that's a mouthful. Prohibiting an LGBTQ plus support group or racial affinity support group from meeting or uh, accessing school resources when other groups are permitted. And this goes on and on here. So they are just shoving this stuff down your throat, whether you like it or not. And by the way, there is no age restriction on this. This is open to all grade levels, meaning that you are not allowed to remove any of this pornography that is in the classroom, no matter what the age of the kids are. 
Also in the guidance, it is illegal to not allow a man who's pretending to be a girl to use the bathroom of all the girls. So basically, any boy in that school that puts on a dress is now illegally allowed to use the same bathroom as your daughter. And it's a state law. That's what they're telling you. Now, it doesn't say anything here about punishments for kids that are... Now, there's no testing for this. So it's not like you have to show up with a doctor's note and you say, oh, today I'm a girl. Here, look, the doctor declared me to be a woman. Science says it's real. There is no doctor's note. You just come to school in a dress and you say you're a woman. That's it. You're allowed into the same locker room, same bathroom as all the girls in the school. Now, it doesn't say in the guidance that there's any kind of punishment for kids who are just playing a playing a game here and just hustling to get into the girl's locker room, maybe to see up a girl's skirt or to see the girl's changing in the locker room. There's no guidance that prevents this. There's no protection against your daughters in this school. And I specify daughters because this is going to lead and has led to a disaster. And parents, no matter what they say, their voices are shouted down. This is about empowering the children and separating them from their parents. Taking the, 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 the power, the perverts are in power is what happened here. They took the parents away and the perverts took over. And that's what's going on in New York City and going on in so many Democrat places in this country. And there's nothing that the parents can do about it. If you, if you don't like it, too damn bad about you. Show up at the thing and yell and scream and we'll lock you up for disagreeing. So also this guidance, too, is with the sports. Any boy that claims he's a girl is allowed to play on the girls' team. If you don't like it, too bad. It's, it's the law. This is the state guidance now. So this is this left-wing lunatic, Letitia James, and her sidekick here, Betty Rosa, that put this guidance out. This is the most important thing. They are shoving this down your throat. And if you don't like it, they don't care. Your kids will be sexually sexualized and perverted by these nut jobs, and that's all they're going to focus on. Now, what's going on in the New York City school system? Well, we're seeing the worst math scores in decades in the New York City school system. In decades. This is, to the last time it was a, a Democratic shithole in New York when they had problems this bad in the school system. Let's take a look at it. Math scores are the lowest in decades. Reading, 51% of students in New York City from third grade to eighth grade, 51%, more than half, cannot read proficiently. And this is what we're worried. We're not worried about improving the math scores, improving the reading. We're worried about pronouns. We're worried about letting boys use the girls' room because they, they wanted to dress up like a girl today. That's what we're worried about in the New York City school system. We're not worried about the fact that no, nobody can pass a math test, that nobody can read at grade level. More than half the students can't read proficiently. And who's affected most by this? Well, of course, it's the black students that are affected the most by this. 64% of the black students, third to eighth grade, are not reading proficiently. So the ones that are going to get hurt the most are the ones that the Democrats completely that say that they are there to help. And again, how is this helping, especially the black community, the black kids in the school? How is this helping? Transgender guidelines. That's what the most important thing. That's what we're going to focus on. That's the all important thing. The fact that your children will be exposed to all this stuff. Barring a gender expansive student from a single gender extracurricular program out of concern that they will make other students uncomfortable. Right? You read all of these things in the guidance and you scratch your head and go, what in the world? Can you just teach these kids how to read and write and do arithmetic? 
No. No, because New York City school systems are a absolute joke. And let's go on here with Mayor Adams, who is just destroying this city. He has opened a $20 million a month migrant paradise on Randall's Island. Now, Randall's Island is it sits in between it's on the east side of Manhattan it's right in between the Harlem River and the East River and it is loaded with little league fields and soccer fields you have thousands of kids that use Randall Island Randall's Island to play sports all year long and he's going to pack these illegal immigrants I guess again we're using the term migrants because I guess that's the soft you know serve word that we use instead of illegal alien or illegals or whatever. We don't like that because it's a little too harmful to say, so we can say migrant, right? So he's bringing all these migrants to the island. Now, the parents, thousands of parents signed a petition begging the mayor not to do this because, number one, where he's building this huge encampment is going to be right on one of the soccer fields where it's going to disrupt half the leagues that play there, so they won't, they, they won't be able to use the field. And you're also going to be packing... This island that's predominantly occupied by school-aged children playing sports, you're going to pack it with people that nobody knows who they are, where they came from, what they're up to, and you're just going to throw them all in the same place with all these kids. Parents were like, no, 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 please don't do this. Thousands of them signed the petition begging the mayor, please don't do this. But what happened? Mayor Adams said, no, 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 we're not putting you American citizens first. We're not putting you taxpayers first. We are putting the illegals first. They get first dibs here on Randall's Island. They're more important than you. They're much more important than your damn kids are. The hell with your kids. We need these migrants to have a place to stay. $20 million a month it's costing the taxpayers. Just for the Randall's Island encampment, or whatever you want to call it, paradise. So New Yorkers, they're complaining, oh, what about us? Well, don't you realize when you vote blue, no matter who, all you get is America last. So the same people that are crying and are upset, they're complaining about it now. It's too late. You have to, you take your complaint to the ballot box. That's where you take your complaint. But we don't want to do that. Crime is out of control in New York City. Homelessness, homelessness is up 18%. 18% homelessness is up in 2023 so far, right? Despite the fact that Mayor Adams was going to do a big, oh, I'm going to crack down on a homelessness. And again, who does it affect the most? 56% of the homeless in New York are black. Despite the fact that black people only make up 23% of the population. 56% of the homeless are black. So here's the black mayor. Here's the black attorney general, right? Here, here's the black district attorney. Well, what are we doing here? How has the situation improved? It hasn't improved. It's gotten worse. New York City has returned to the, to the disaster it was the last time it was in a Democratic stronghold before the great Rudy Giuliani came in, took over, and made New York City the tourist capital of the world. It was, it was a disgrace back then. There hadn't been a Republican mayor in New York City, I don't think, since LaGuardia until Giuliani got in there. And LaGuardia was back in the 30s. But it's happening all over again. And here's Mayor Adams in his $5,000 suits that the taxpayers are paying for, talking about putting the migrants, the illegal aliens, putting them ahead of you, the taxpayer. You have to take these complaints to the ballot box. The illegals are loving it. They, they had one guy, a Venezuelan immigrant, wow, the U.S. government is great. They take care of us really well. You know, they're loving it. Why wouldn't they? 
And it's it, and it's a slap in the face to every single uh, New York City resident, New York City taxpayer. It really is. It, it, it's such a shame. Now, there is one legendary New Yorker who is doing something about it, trying to do what he can, Curtis Sliwa, who founded the Guardian Angels back in the 70s, the last time that the city was just about, it was much worse crime-wise even than it is now. But we're headed in that direction. There's no doubt about it. Especially when you have DAs like Alvin Bragg who aren't even prosecuting the criminals. You are, Curtis Lewa is a legend in New York. He is a, he really exemplifies New York, what New York is all about. I, ha, I did an interview with, New, with Curtis Lewa when he was running for mayor. And God only knows if he was the mayor right now, the city would be in a far better place right now. It is such a shame that New Yorkers didn't vote Curtis Lewa in as the mayor because he, you definitely would have seen a much different and a much stronger approach to putting Americans first, New Yorkers first, taxpayers first if Curtis Lewa was the man that got the job but he's doing as he always has he never backs down he's never afraid and he's out there because Staten Island in Midland Beach senior citizen a Midland Beach senior citizen home turned into now Midland Beach migrant shelter so they're kicking out the elderly the senior citizens to make room for the migrants and Curtis Lewa wasn't having it so here's a clip of that Oh, I'm used to this. 78th time I've been arrested. 78, wow. So why'd, why'd you get arrested, Kurt? Uh, civil disobedience for blocking uh, the street and making our point that we want those tents out and we want those illegal aliens out and we're not going to stop until they're gone. Thank you. Any message you want to give to the New York City mayor? We'll probably watch this later on. Oh, yeah. Uh, mayor Gandhi. You see, we practice what you tried to preach, civil disobedience. Now pay attention, because we're going to do this again and again, and then we're going to be at your house, Gracie Mansion, to do it all over, because you need to put some illegal aliens in the backyard. You got the tent, you can house 250, so don't play, do as I say, but don't do as I do. It's time for you to do your fair share, because remember, you said everything's on the table, and that includes Gracie Mansion. And I love how he says there, too, yeah, you know, Mayor Adams said all options are on the table. What about Gracie Mansion? And that's always the typical way that it is uh, for these leftist Democrat bullshit artists who are always like, oh, we want to do. But not us. We don't want just like when you've seen the migrants or illegals get shipped up to Martha's Vineyard. They kicked them out of there faster than any other place on the planet. They shipped them out like a skyrocket. We don't want you here. But we're all about bringing the migrants in. They want the migrants to live where you are. They don't want the migrants to live where they live. They don't want to have to inconvenience their lives. They just want to put them where you are. And if you don't like it, then you're just being a racist. That's it. That's the bottom line. We need more people like Curtis Lewa. And, and God bless him and his family and the guardian angels for what they do. They, they, they have kept New York City uh, safe and so many people, so many New York City residents safe over the years. And uh, Curtis will be back at it. There's no doubt he's been arrested twice. Uh, no doubt he will be arrested a third time as well. So those are the stories I wanted to hit you guys with. 
Uh, make sure you guys bring it back here Thursday. I'll go live at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, if you missed my interview with Dr. Ben Carson, please flip it back one. and Do your best here to help me spread the word. You guys have been awesome sharing these broadcasts. Uh, follow me on the channel here. It's First Class Fatherhood is the channel. I know it's a little confusing, but First Class Fatherhood is the name of the channel. That's what I called it when I launched it. I didn't have the Alec Lace show then, but when you follow First Class Fatherhood here, the channel on Rumble, you are following the Alec Lace show. It's all the shows that I post on this channel here are the Alec Lace Show. You can follow First Class Fatherhood. The link to the podcast is down there in the description below. Got some great guests coming on there soon. And got some great guests lined up here for the Alec Lace Show as well. So follow me on Instagram at the Alec Lace Show to find out who they are. Again, thank you to everybody who helped support uh, my campaign for the Navy SEAL Foundation. It really was a, uh, you know, I knocked a big, uh, a big goal off the list. It was, uh, I've been working on it since January to get ready and prepared to swim in the Hudson River with the Navy seals in january in fact uh, the very first swim that i did i swam six laps in the pool at the ymca and i was totally smoked uh, so worked on it since january and was able to complete the swim the run the pull-ups the push-ups the whole bit all in honor of our fallen and uh, of the brave and in, in memory of uh, of all those that died on 9 11 and the seals especially were doing it for those that died on extortion 17 the largest single incident loss of life in naval special warfare history All right, so that's all I got for you guys here today. Again, I'll be back Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live here on Rumble. Check me out on social media. You got my links down there in the description below. Until then, God bless you listeners. God bless all you parents out there. God bless our first responders in our military. God bless America, and I'll catch you guys next time.